Ahoy hoy! Hi everybody! <laughs> Welcome to the Escalator to Nowhere, a Simpsons podcast with Robert and Caitlin. I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. And I am a seasoned Simpsons fan. And I am learning. And we are continuing our way through the entirety of the series. We are here at season three, episode number five, Homer Defined. Meow, meow, meow. Yay! We did it. <laughs> yeah. Apparently, this is the for- well, not apparently. This is the fortieth episode. So happy fortieth! Happy regular 40th. season episode. Yeah! 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 yeah. <laughs> bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Ah, yeah, I, I see it right here on the wiki, episode yeah. number 40. Yeah. Wow, this is some specs that I'm delivering to you. Actually, I'm just repeating what you just said. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, why don't you why don't why don't we kick things off with Caitlin? Uh, we got lots to talk about today. Yeah. There's a lot going on in the world. Yeah, there's there nothing is. to do with the Simpsons. Exactly. <laughs> That's not true. That actually is not true. Uh, she shows up on the Simpsons. Yeah. Um later on. So does so does he. Yeah, yeah, he does. Who are we talking about? Oh, what a mystery. Stay tuned. What a mystery. Nobody um, knows. No one else is talking about this, I guess. <laughs> this is your number one news source. That's clear to nowhere. <laughs> um, this is season three, episode five, Homer Defined, production code 8F04, written by Howard Gerwitz, directed by Mark Kirkland, original air date, October 17th, 1991. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to read the synopsis here for the episode. Um, I'm reading the synopsis, of course, from the Simpsons Wiki, uh, which is simpsons.fandom.com. If you would like to check it out, there is a link in the subscription. The description. Uh, During a near-fatal meltdown at the Springfield nuclear power plant, Homer frantically presses buttons on his console until he hits the right combination and saves the day. Homer becomes a hero, even though he realizes in his heart that what he did was a fluke. Meanwhile, Bart's friendship with Milhouse has changed when Luann won't let him play with Bart anymore because she says that Bart is a bad influence on her son and has banned Milhouse from seeing Bart. Yep. Yep, that's it. That's that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah, that's a, that's a good synopsis my only critique is is not frantically pushing buttons it is one button oh yeah that's true but that's okay yeah i'll get past it (laughs) i'm glad i'm so (laughs) glad (laughs) all right so i uh i'm i i enjoyed this episode uh, I'm, uh-huh. gonna, I'm gonna spill the beans Uh-oh. early <laughs> early in this episode you're gonna I re- kick that I re- bucket of beans yeah I oh re- wait that's not right <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna kick that bucket. Speaking of kicking the bucket. Oh yeah! <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> uh, the queen died. How's uh, this how, week? How are uh, how are our listeners in uh, England? Are you guys okay? Australia and Canada too. I, I guess. I have to tell you, a girl yeah. I went to high school with who is like 100 million percent American is having a rough time. Yo. I'm like, ma'am, are you like seriously? I... <laughs> I don't understand that. I don't get that. Well, uh, I mean, I got like, you know, having like, I mean, I wouldn't consider necessarily the queen a celebrity, but like celebrity does sometimes oh, hit I you would. pretty hard. I would. Yeah. I'd call yeah. her a celebrity. Uh, uh, states person celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyway, um, RIP. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, like. I guess it probably is not terribly surprising considering what I do for a living, but like, I don't have any place in my heart for monarchs. And oh well, okay. I, 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 I think the world would be a better place when there are no more monarchs. Okay. So all right. Well, um, now that we've alienated some of our listeners, um, 
hey, I am not alone. There are lots of people in Britain I who know, feel the same way I as know me. it. I know it. <laughs> yeah, it is a lot of money and a lot of stuff to be bestowed on one family. All because you got because. squirted out of the right dick into Yo, the right st- vagina. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's what it is. Well, yeah, but I mean, you, you could argue that she was she was not in circumstance dictated her reign. Oh, I see. Yeah. Uh huh. Providence, because Providence declared. <laughs> No, her <laughs> uncle. <laughs> well, well, fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. But anyway, so um, yeah, different, it is different world. It's it, weird. It, well, it is. I will say this: it is a little bit weird because I mean, I was thinking about this while I was peeing the other day. <laughs> Full <laughs> I <was> disclosure: standing, <laughs> I was standing in the bathroom and I was like, I'm, I'm, I'm 38, and right? Am I 38? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And this, I when I was little, I never understood that. But now, yeah, like, I, uh, I yeah. forget my age all the time. Same, same. Um, so this woman was on the throne, like, for almost as long as I have been alive. It's like, she, like almost twice the number mm-hmm. of years. Like, not a, no, she, she, she didn't live that long. I mean, she, she obviously did. But what I mean <laughs> is that she was crowned. And on the throne mm-hmm. as the monarch mm-hmm. for like twice as long almost as mm-hmm. I have been alive. Yep. And so it's, I guess it's just a sort of like, it's, no, I've never known nothing any different. Yeah, and it's so. true. It's true. And that's true for our parents as well, which I feel like is not something we can always say. Yeah, it is. Yeah, what, my mom. <laughs> what year was she crowned? 52? 52, yeah. Yeah, that. Yeah, yep, that tracks. February 6th, 1952. Oh. <laughs> it was my grandma's birthday. Oh, I see. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's wild. Like, and now, I mean, so I was on TikTok the other day talking about, or somebody was talking about how wild it is that we're going to see a coronation in our lifetime. No, it's not wild that it's, we're going to see a coronation in our lifetime. What's wild yeah. is that she reigned for so yeah, long. Yeah, it's, it's, it's much more unusual in the grand scheme of things yeah. that there has not been a coronation right. in our lifetime. Right, so we're obviously going to see Charles's coronation Homeboy's got longevity in his genes, but, yeah. you know, probably a good 20, maybe 25 years out of him. Yeah, he's 73, then, right? Yeah, he's the, he's the <laughs> oldest monarch to ever ascend to the throne. Wow, really? I didn't know that, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah, I learned that too. Anyway, but it's like... made me laugh of Grandpa Joe. It's like oh. a picture of Grandpa Joe from uh, Willy Wonka, and it says uh, Charles waking up at 73 to go to work for the first yeah. time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're like the headlines, like 73-year-old finally gets a job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. It's wild. I've always liked following the royal family, not to the degree of some people, but I just, you know, I, I find the whole concept interesting. And when I went to London for the first time and like literally her initials were on everything, I was like, that's kind of cool. But now they got to change all that shit. They sure do. <laughs> we were talking about all the stuff that they're going to have to change. They're going to have to change like all the manhole covers. They're going to have to, ch- I mean, they are, they're going to yeah, have to change. I don't know. I don't know that they'll change all of them because there's definitely other, like the mailboxes. Uh-huh. That's what I thought of first. Yeah. But like, there's still mailboxes around from like Edward the Seventh. Do you think it's gonna look like my license plate when I just put the New Year sticker on yeah. it every year? They're just gonna <laughs> slap it off. Well, that's <laughs> so we were watching. You can be walking around London like yeah. in 50 years, and it's just gonna like be peeling off the corner. Like you can peel it yeah. off and see ER2. We were, we were watching. <laughs> we were watching something, and there was some. I don't think they were beef eaters, but there was some other sort of like ceremonial person there, uh-huh. and they all, all had ER2 on their yeah, yeah, on yeah. their um, thing, and I was like. Y'all couldn't have like 
changed it real fast. <laughs> but I don't know what the protocols are for that. So uh, I'm guessing it's like, I think I told you, I don't know this for sure. I'm talking out of my ass, but you know, uh-huh. the, the time between <laughs> like on. the actual ascension to the throne, which yeah. was Thursday for Charles yeah. and the time between that and the coronation, maybe that's like prep time. I mean, it, I, I it's assume be, so. I guess. Yeah. Like it's, like everybody knew the day was going to come like yeah. and i assume that they probably have known for it months at the least that she was on her last leg yeah so <laughs> i was watching cnn and they of course had like a reporter out in the field you mm-hmm. know talking to people as they were gathering and there was it, he was in Windsor yeah and, and he went up to this lady and was like how are you feeling blah 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 and she's like well you know it's very very sad she's been here my whole life um but it just seemed to happen so suddenly and he goes well she was 96 <laughs> i was like oh <laughs> ouch what she meant was that just a few days prior she was meeting with the new prime minister right and like i mean there are photos from tuesday yeah. and she died on thursday that so, te- well that tells i mean that tells me i think that they they knew uh, like they they must i mean i i really think they did they i mean because uh this is uh, Liz Truss, who apparently has spent her career like bad mouthing the monarchy. Wanting to get monarchy. rid of the monarchy, yeah. yeah. And anyway, she uh, high, you know, she hot footed it up to Balmoral, uh-huh. right, to uh, to see the Queen. Like, yeah. was this really like a super duper priority for you in these moments? Apparently, it was. It's a, it's and I think like that's a thing. The reason. Yeah, yeah. So, um, anyway, R.P. Queen Elizabeth. Mm-hmm. Uh, God save the king, I guess. <laughs> let's keep let's go <laughs> we got stuff to do today i was trying so. to remember the words to god save great washington in the shower a little while earlier. oh oh yeah uh, isn't so, that what the mormon tabernacle choir saying that one time i think it was yeah i think it was yeah. yes we th- we had a flash mob of the mormon <laughs> tabernacle choir, <laughs> and it was really dumb anyway it was a big deal though and like they wouldn't like we were doing like a performance and we were going to get the flash mob, and all we got was something big is going to happen. And, and they we were like, tell you what? What is going to happen? And then <laughs> we're like, we're doing a, we're doing a show. Like we need to know what's going to happen. And they were like, no, 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 it's going to be great. <laughs> I, I was used, like, oh my god! I used a photo from that event for my profile picture for a long time. Oh really? Because that was at the time I was working with the photographers, and oh. I was down on the ground, and one was up in a building, like taking pictures. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Hey!" And she took a picture of me. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, um, all right, Homer defined. Homer defined. Okay, so that was fun. I figured that we would talk. See, this, Wait, see, we got to warm up. This we got to warm up. Th- this is it's what Sunday I'm morning. About. We just woke up like two hours ago. <laughs> <laughs> got to warm up. This is what I'm talking about. Like. I, we would not have a conversation about like this necessarily if we were like two weeks ahead. Yeah. But we also like hit, you know, things in life sometimes and we would not be able to record. Like we know there's going to be stuff going on next year that we're just not going to be able to avoid. Yeah. Um, so anyways, that's, that's for us to figure out. Here we are. All right. Homer defined. (laughs) Keep going. I was going to talk about football. Oh, okay. (laughs) Yes, it is football season. Um, we both have fantasy teams. Mine's not doing great already. Hey, y'all, I, you need to know this about Caitlin. <laughs> Caitlin gets super 
obsessed with her fantasy it's football team. So competitive, team. and she I don't want to lose. So obsessed with it. She she has had one player in who, granted, performed very poorly. He got a zero. <laughs> that means zero yards. But she has already determined that she's lost the game. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what happens. Hopefully, like my quarterback, like balls out hardcore and throws a million touchdowns. Hey, look at it this way. At least we'll always have the Brown man. Oh. <laughs> I told somebody earlier this week that I'm a Browns fan. You can't hurt me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. That's about it, right. It's true. Okay. okay, so let's open up with the uh, with the opening credits. We get uh, before we even see the chalkboard gag, we can hear it. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Uh, the chalkboard gag was "I will not squeak the chalk." Yeah, and Caitlin went. Ew. It was it was not a pleasant sound. And uh, the credits were the long credits. I thought Lisa was playing a different solo on her saxophone oh. when she was. I didn't uh, notice when she was jazzing out of the music room. And then the uh, and then the uh, the couch gag was <coughs> sort a little of like, alien man. Yeah, so, a sort of like a sort of like. Uh, mix between a brain slug and Kang or Kodos. Uh, yeah, or the um, space mutant. It's, oh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's called yeah. the alien couch gag. Yeah. I don't throw that. Well, I just, what I noted most about it is that I'm not sure that I've ever noticed that gag before. I've seen this episode before, so I assume I've seen it. <clears throat> it's only been used three times. Oh, okay. Um, Hold on. Homer to find, uh-huh. Bart the lover, and at long last leave. Bart the Lover. Oh. Yeah. What season is that? Um, I don't know. <laughs> okay. It oh, well. is oh, it's season three. Oh, really? They're yeah. going to use the same gag twice in the same season? Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. Hold on to your butt because it's coming back. Uh-huh. All right. So, anyway, uh, we open up in the Simpsons kitchen and Homer is reading a the U.S. of A. today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so he uh, uh, he is remarking upon an article that he's reading, and Lisa says to him, Dad, I think that paper is a flimsy hodgepodge of pie graphs, factoids, and Larry King. Yeah, so the article he's reading is that SAT scores are declining at a slower rate. Okay. I mean, USA Today is kind of like a... I don't know what the word is. I don't want to say a hodgepodge simpleton. <laughs> I mean, it's like a it's like a more visual newspaper, I guess. Is uh, was was it common up here? Because it definitely was wherever whenever we went on vacation for hotels to mm-hmm. have a copy of USA Today dropped at your door. Yeah, if you um, I remember it happening specifically like in DC, but I mean they're uh-huh. based out of DC, so uh, yeah, that was definitely a thing. So uh. What's, uh, what Homer is reading in the newspaper is not really important here. What's important is what Bart is doing. Uh, Bart is signing a birthday card for his pal, Best Bud. His, his bestest his, bud. His bestest bud. To me, bestest bud, he says. Mm-hmm. Millhouse. Uh, happy birthday. Uh, Lisa leans over and says, that's so sweet. And we get the first of many, many sexist incidences <laughs> in this episode. Yeah. So there's a lot yeah. of objectification in so, this episode. Yeah, the front of the card is crusty with a bass drum that uh-huh. has been broken. Yep. And it said, hey there, 10-year-old, I couldn't afford to get you a new drum. And then on the inside of the card, it says, so how about a nice pair of bongos? And there is a woman in a bikini with very large uh, bongos. <laughs> Uh, as would be said later on in the episode, assets. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I did. Did you know? 
Um, she kind of looks like Princess Cashmere, but I, I, I don't think it is. In my brain, I remembered this card having Princess Cashmere on oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah, so I agree with you. I think okay. that, I think she does look like Princess Cashmere. Yeah. Her hair is not like in a ponytail. Yeah. So. Um, I, uh, I think I told you this the other day. So I've been doing some reading and researching about Anne Bonny, the pirate. And uh, apparently Anne Bonny, when she was on the... On, on board the ship, she would dress in men's clothes, but according to one witness, she could not pass as one because of her large endowment. Her gumption. <laughs> yes, that, that's right. That's the yeah. joke. <laughs> her gumption. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, we, we the important part of this scene is that we discover it is Milhouse's birthday. Yep. And Bart considers him his best friend. Yeah, we get... Um, we it's, isn't it kind of funny? We like get way more into the B plot before we mm-hmm. get to the A plot. Yep, uh, for sure. Kind of a backwards run here. Actually, I really thought that these plots were fifty fifty in here. I know the yeah the the title of the episode is I almost said play. The title of the episode <laughs> uh, is obviously Homer Defined, which by the way is a very clever title. It I is. didn't catch it until. After. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't get it until we actually watched the episode. Yeah, and it totally makes sense. Um, um, but anyway, yeah, because you know Bart here has his the birthday card ready to go. He mm-hmm. and then we cut to the interior of the bus. Yeah, he's sitting next to Millhouse, mm-hmm. and he has a he's giving him a present. Did you notice that it was wrapped in Christmas wrapping yes, paper? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I like that. That's funny. Um, a little detail for you. Uh, I think Caitlin likes that because we have a tradition of giving each other cards that have nothing to do with the holiday. I've or gotten the event. so many sympathy cards for my birthday. <laughs> it's not funny. I like to give. <laughs> it's it is. Funny. I like to give her sympathy cards and cross out words yeah. like deepest condolences and it's like deepest happiness. <laughs> I uh, I sent you a TikTok earlier today. I don't know if you watched it yet, but it's um um. Uh, somebody's like my dad developed this all-purpose greeting card and it has like every holiday listed on the front and it's like happy oh. birthday it was like circle one wow <laughs> and then on the inside it has like every family member's name listed uh-huh. and then you circle that wow <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that reminded me of something we would probably do to each other that's very funny yeah my so like one of our favorite gags is my my uh my mother uh in in a in a real boomer fashion will misuse quotation marks uh, on cards especially so like she'll say, she'll give me a birthday card on the front on the envelope it'll say happy birthday quote unquote Robert yeah <laughs> like she's being sarcastic yeah, that that's happy your birthday, name Robert yeah <laughs> yeah my grandparents used to do that too uh, yeah I don't know what it is with boomers and like quotation marks and tildes and all that and like, using y'all, commas stop. as ellipses yeah like. That, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't understand. I did learn one because I know somebody who will do the, not the apostrophe, but the one that's up by the one key. I don't know exactly what the name is. Oh. Um, under the tilde. Oh, it's, that's an accent mark. It's an accent grab, isn't it? Oh, sure. Anyway, but I knew somebody who would use that like as an exclamation point. And my mom told me. You can't see me, listener, but I just did the yeah. head tilt. What? <laughs> so listen, it will make sense when okay, I say this. Okay, okay, okay. Like in most fonts, it's a straight up and down, like boop apostrophe. Okay. That's what it looks like. Yeah. I guess on typewriters, you to do it, uh, um, an exclamation point, uh-huh. you had to use that and then you had to go back and put a period underneath it. Oh, that does make sense. Yeah. But I was like, I like for the longest time, I was like, this person is not okay. They cannot see their keyboard well enough to like know that the, <laughs> they're not using the exclamation yeah. point. But I guess. 
that's why <laughs> old habits die hard like the double space after the period oh you yeah. don't need it you don't and i've stopped doing it i have finally trained myself to stop doing oh i the... never did it oh really yeah oh they taught they they trained the, us to do that in my typing class oh really yeah we and old mavis beacon man <laughs> No, not me. Did you use Mavis Beacon? I don't think so. I I remember learning to type in elementary school, and I remember there being it, it was on like a Mac, um, the the green screen Macs. You know, what I'm yeah. talking about like the Mac Two G. Yeah, yeah, or yeah, something. yeah. Um, and I remember there being a cat involved, but I don't think it was Mavis Beacon. I don't know if there was a cat in ours. Yeah, I think yeah. ours was just old Mavis Beacon up yeah. there <laughs> teaching us typing. Well, hey, say what you will about Mavis Beacon. That shit worked. Like, I learned how to type. What taught me how to type the most, like the fastest, is um, uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Oh, Cause really? Because you had to flip back and forth between screens and, like, type real fast to your friends. <laughs> that's what That's what taught me how to hey, type. That, you, you know what we call that in the biz? Practice. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I was going to uh, just uh, throw out a comment here. I suppose that was around the same time that I was playing Oregon Trail on oh, yeah. on the old computers same. and dying of... Uh, oh, it was, maybe it was Mavis Beacon. Oh, really? I don't remember. Microtype, I think, is what we actually use. Microtype. Uh, yeah, anyway. Um, Microtype. Did you have the guy from the Micro Machines commercials? No. <laughs> Could you type as fast as him? <laughs> no. <laughs> Could not type as fast as him. <laughs> But, like, I learned, like, home keys and stuff. Like, that's, you know. Mm-hmm. I like hanging with my home keys. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Caitlin is over here. That's me pretending, <laughs> pretending to, type. to type. I have an actual keyboard next I, to me. I don't think we're going to be able to hear that. Yeah. So she's tapping on the... Oh, there, there you go. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. <laughs> All right. So... so uh, they are on the bus. <laughs> yes, they're on the bus. Bart has given um, Millhouse his present wrapped in Christmas wrapping paper. Yep. And he, you know, he's like, um, Millhouse is being resistant here. Yeah. He's and being pretty squirrely. He, uh, Bart really wants him to open the present and, and Millhouse is like, no, maybe later. And then Bart reveals to us by way of this, uh, he delivers some exposition here saying to yeah. Millhouse, well, just because your mom didn't let you have a party doesn't mean you can't get a present. And then of course, Sherry and Terry, those turds. <laughs> Twats. <laughs> I was gonna say twats. Too. Oh. Hey, Caitlin and I are on the same page this morning. We're yeah, having we are. A, we're having a really like in sync morning because I was over in the kitchen. I did something over. I did something overnight in the crock pot, and I was putting it away and washing stuff. And in my head, I was think I was thinking about uh, man. Now I got to tell the story because okay, so we saw a TikTok where a woman. Uh, did an easy crock pot chicken parm sandwich. It's like sandwich. a chicken parm sloppy joe pulled meat yeah, situation. Yeah, anyway, so you just basically I put the chicken into the crock pot overnight in marinara sauce with spices and cheese, and that's going to go on a, san- on a on a bun. It'll yeah. be a sandwich. Anyway, I was thinking, I was, I was like, I thought maybe I should do a video, you know, of me making this. And I was like, no, people are gonna make fun of me, and they're gonna like set it to the white people taco night song. Yeah, and then I'm over here setting up our stuff, literally like at the same moment, and I'm like, why do I have the white people taco night song in my head? <laughs> and and Robert's like, no, I was just thinking of that too. So, uh, and I'm pretty sure that I was not like whistling it or singing it or anything. I don't think I, you were. I just I had it in my head since like I woke up this morning for some reason, <laughs> which is weird. White but people taco. I, it's Bo Burnham, I think, is the guy who... Oh, is it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, anyway, so, so... Sherry and Terry, those those two they, twats. They, <laughs> they pop up behind 
Bart and Millhouse, uh-huh. and they um, say we had a lovely time on Saturday, Millhouse, and then they're like, "I like the balloons, I like the party hats," and then Bart asks, or was it Millhouse that says, "Bart says, what are you talking about? What are you talking about?" And then they're like, "Nothing," and then they go back to their evil ways. They descend back. Yeah, and then Bart's so exasperated, he goes, "Twins." We all know what you thought. Yeah, then we're then we're back focused on the present. Millhouse finally opens it, and Bart has gotten him official Krusty the Clown walkie-talkies. Yeah, did you have walkie-talkies when you were little? No. I had walkie-talkies, but uh, walkie-talkies at this time frame were not like walkie-talkie features on things now. That, no. I mean, you had to get like satellite walkie-talkies when I was little yeah, in order to talk to somebody you, a long way away. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I had friends with walkie-talkies, but I didn't have them because I was an only child. I, I, I thought that there might was be the case. no reason. <laughs> <laughs> that would be very sad. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Yeah. Caitlin's just practicing her, her walkie-talkie lingo. Pretty <laughs> Roger, much. Roger. Right. I, I, Alpha, Bravo. Alpha, Bravo, Charlie, Delta. Uh, elephant. Is it Elephant? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. anyway. Okay. So uh, it's a pair of crusty walkie-talkies. Yeah. And, you know, Bart says, you know, I keep one, you keep one. And whenever you want to talk to me, just call me on the phone. Uh-huh. Tell me, turn on my walkie-talkie. That was another thing. Yeah. Um, and those things ate through batteries too, man. Yeah. So yeah, and then Martin pops up, another twat. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he he pops up in the seat in front of uh, Milhouse and Bart. Yep. And he says, Milhouse, I would like to express my appreciation for Saturday jelly bean baskets, personalized noise pa- makers, but the little touches are what made it enduring. Did you almost say pacemakers? No. <laughs> personalized pacemakers. <laughs> personalized pacemakers. <laughs> Aw, how touching. <laughs> um, so, and then Bart, again, is like, what is he talking about? And then Milhouse tries to distract him, points out the window. He said, hey, look at that dog. Isn't and, that something? <laughs> and it, they show the picture of the dog. And, and it's just a dog sitting on the street. I don't know about you, dear listener, but I think about this as a classic Simpsons joke because Bart is just enthusiastically playing along with, right. with Milhouse. And he looks at this dog who's just sitting there and mm-hmm. he just goes, Wow. Brown. brown. <laughs> and it's a brown dog, so not wrong. Uh-huh. And then um, they pull up in front of the school. Uh, everybody's getting off the bus. And Otto is talking to Milhouse. He says, by the way, I'd like to say thanks. Applause, applause to the birthday boy, Milhouse. He's talking on the speaker. Yep. Uh, for his bitchin' party on There's Saturday. There's that word again. Yep. Grandma would be appalled. <laughs> yeah. So, um, and then as they're getting off the bus... What, what was, was that? What was Alexa doing? Oh, was that Alexa? Yeah, that was Alexa. I have no idea. I thought yeah. it was a dog. Anyway. Anyway. Um, uh, Otto pulls Milhouse aside and he's like, I think I left my pants on your roof. And then um, Bart says, you did have a party and you didn't invite me. And I thought we were best friends. Yep. And like Bart is just distraught. Yep. Poor guy. Milhouse just sort of slinks away. Yeah. Sorry, Bart. And then... Off everybody goes, but Bart is still on the bus here at this point. Yeah, yeah. So uh, after this, we cut to the power plant. Yep. Mr. Burns is watching all the people in the plant on the little screens. Yep, as you do. Yeah. um, He says... He reveals it's Monday morning. Yeah, he says, time to pay for your two days of debauchery, you hungover drones. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, so... um, 
Smithers is there with him now. Yeah, of course. And they're talking, and uh, Mr. Burns asked Smithers what he did for the weekend. He caught up on his laundry. He wrote a letter to his mother. And then he took his dog, Hercules, um, out to be clipped. Uh-huh. And, or he says, I took Hercules out to be clipped. And uh-huh. we learned that that is Smithers Yorkshire Terrier. That's right. Yep. So, uh, anyway, uh, he shows him a picture of... Mm-hmm. Of Hercules and Mr. Burns, who has just, by the way, ripped on the plant other plant workers for two days of debauchery. Mm-hmm. You know, you hungover drones, he yeah. calls them. Then makes fun of Smithers saying, well, you really know how to paint the town red, don't you? <laughs> yeah, so then, um, Mr. <laughs> Sorry. then Smithers asked Mr. Burns what he did over the weekend. And he saw a movie, but uh-huh. he says it was an appalling little piece of filth. Its leading lady was a blonde harlot who spent half the film strolling around naked as a jaybird. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> and hold on. Oh, and, and then, oh, so Smithers gasps. Mm-hmm. And then he, um, Mr. Burns says, no, just give the great unwashed a pair of oversized breasts and a happy ending and... They'll oink for more every time. They sure will. I love this phrase, the 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 great unwashed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is, uh, I don't know if it's connected or not, but the um, uh, one of the phrases that you can use in Latin for the common people is fikes papuli, mm-hmm. and fikes is the uh, is the etymological root word for feces. Ew. <laughs> Mm. So, Fikes, Fikes Papuli, uh, meaning the great unwashed, the stinking masses. <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. You learned something today. There you go. Which also is tied, I think, to... Um, have you been to Have you been to um, Shakespeare's Globe in London? Mm, no. No. Uh, if you go there, when we go there at some point, we'll go to London at some point. Um, and I really hope we can go and actually see a show there, because I've never seen a show there, and I've been to the theater three times, mm-hmm. if you can believe it. Uh, they on the tour they'll talk to you about the uh, what is the orchestra pit in the modern day. It's the you know it's where people are standing and watching the show, and apparently in the period they refer to the people in there because they pay a penny to get in. They pay they call them the penny stinkers. Oh, <laughs> that's a good fantasy football team name. It is a good fantasy the football penny team. Stinkers. Hey, what's your fantasy football team name? I know that I know that at least one of y'all has one onion on my belt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh... Go Space Cats. Anyway. Um, so, Come on, attaboys. So we cut to uh, the break room for Yeah, so we get, we get this parallel here, right? So yeah. Mr. Burns says, give him a pair of oversized breasts and a happy ending. They'll oink for more every time. Yeah. We cut straight into Homer through the screen, mm-hmm. sitting with Lenny and Carl. What a movie. And that blonde cutie, she does have assets. And then he literally They're oinks. all oinking. <laughs> They're like yucking it up about this movie. And then Lenny says, that sounds like my kind. Kind of flick. This is such a weird phenomena. Like, I don't. I I have been in many conversations with other men about like hot celebrity women, mm-hmm. and I have never once heard someone go like oink oink or ow or anything no. like that. Like, I wonder where that comes from. I don't know. So. Anyways, I have nothing to contribute. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, they're all yucking it up about the um, about the movie, and then Homer goes back to his station, and he's got a box of donuts with him. Uh-huh. He's poking his finger in, trying to see what the filling is. Yep. Ew, lemon. And then finally, he goes, 
Uh, yeah, there's Ugh, lemon, cherry. cherry, custard. Ooh, custard. And then there's purple. I wrote down, Homer loves purple. Yep. He uh, he likes purple. This has purple. Purple is a fruit. Tastes like purple. Yep. Do you have any fruit? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, Which is tied to another one of my favorites. No, you chose fruit. You live with fruit. <laughs> <laughs> so he's eating the purple. Uh-huh. He's... Uh, Wait, oh no. He's eating. Yeah, yeah he's eating. And then eating. we cut. We're back at yeah, the bus. Sorry, I, I was going to skip ahead to what happens with him next, but we have a scene in between. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so then we cut back to the bus. Uh huh. Otto's like screeching into the Quickie Mart parking lot. Yep. Um, he goes in, tells a poo he has a bad case of the munchies. He wants a heat lamp hot dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then Otto, or I'm sorry, um, a poo spots Bart in the bus and he says, hey, there's a there's a child inside your bus, and yep. he, um, Otto's like, "Oh, good thing you warned me because I was about to go to Mexico." Uh huh. Yeah. Bart is still there and slumped over. Yeah. Very sad. Very having sad. A pity party of one. Yep. Then we're back at the plant. Yep. Homer in the previous scene, I don't think we noted this. He he bites into the purple, and some of the purple splurts out over onto the meltdown indicator. Yeah, that's what I was gonna bring up. Gotcha. Uh, anyway, so he is. At this point, he has fallen asleep, um, and Mr. Burns and Smithers are still talking about the movie. Still going on. Call me old-fashioned, but movies were sexier when actors kept their clothes on. Vilma yeah. Banky. Is that a real person? I don't think so. Vilma Banky could do more for me with one raised eyebrow than an entire... This reminds me of, uh, of political clout. Uh, there is a person in uh, 18th century Virginia... Oh. His name is Peyton Randolph. You know who that is. Yeah. And uh, Peyton Randolph was like widely regarded before the revolution as like the most influential figure. As a matter of fact, Randolph was unanimously elected as the president of the first Continental Congress. Technically, you could call him the first president of the United States. You kind of. could, sort of, if yeah. you count those. But then you have to count Richard Henry Lee, I think, as a president oh, and John Hancock. And my name is Richard Henry <laughs> Virginia is my home. Okay. We are the F. F.B., yeah, exactly. the family of the sovereign colony of Virginia, which is a stupid phrase. Colonies are not sovereign. That's the opposite of sovereign. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Semantics. Anyway, uh, that is to say that, um, where was I going with that? Oh, oh, oh Peyton Randolph, um, he, w- he was noted <clears throat> by somebody as being able to quiet a room by raising an eyebrow. So oh. there you go. All right. Anyway, so, uh, so Mr. Him Burns and Smithers. So Peyton Randolph and Vilma Banky, they, <laughs> one in the same. That's right. If you don't know, Peyton Randolph was a real, real fat. Yeah, he, he was. <laughs> he was. He was a chunky boy. Yes, he was. Oh, Lord, he coming. Oh, uh, yes, exactly. So um, Pretty famously, pretty famously fat. Yeah. And, you know, I've known people who have portrayed him before, and th- like every one of them was like, "No, no." The quotes say he's well proportioned. Uh huh. <laughs> that just means he's fat all around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I came across uh, <laughs> it was a letter from Henry Knox, I think, to his wife. Uh huh. And he wants her to buy him some linen for breeches. Yeah. And it's some like ungodly amount of linen. Henry Knox was also a big boy. Was, I don't think he was as big. No, Randolph I, was bigger. But. Actually, Henry Knox was about the same height as me, and he actually weighed like fifteen or twenty pounds less than me. <laughs> yeah, but for period, the period, he yes. was he was a big man. Yeah, and I sent this. Um, I sent this to my friend who's a t- who's a tailor who worked in the 18th century, uh-huh. and he was like, "Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot." <laughs> 
<laughs> anyway, it's very funny. I wonder. I wonder if there, there, there's got to be something from Peyton Randolph about ordering fabric for his. Oh, I'm sure that in because uh, he's he has he's the one that orders the spotted leopard. Oh, really? I think I think I'm getting. Yeah. That right. Hey, I y'all. If you people in the 18th century love fashionable things. And, um, of course, everybody loves fashionable things, but uh, 18th century fashion is pretty wild. Uh, Once you get into, like, 1760s and 70s, like, it is fashionable to clash your fabrics and colors. It's because it shows how much wealth you have to purchase the fabric. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. I've got... I got some flim. Uh, go ahead and talk. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So um, in the in the 18th century, for your clothing, the cost wasn't in the labor to make it; it was the fabric in, of which it was made. So essentially, what you would do is you'd buy the fabric, you'd go to your tailor and be like, "I want a suit made of this," and <laughs> some of the stuff they came up with was pretty wild. There's a really great example of a hunting suit where someone has a red a red frock coat, which is the 18th century style coat with the tails, you know, and then the waistcoat or the vest, what we would say vest was made of like a leopard print. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. A, a leopard print velvet and then black satin breeches, which (laughs) that's like, that's very flashy. That That is, is, that is your neon orange of the real tree hunting outfit of today. For sure. (laughs) And, And it's funny to me, like, we, I, in our modern day, we pretty much exclusively um, only see women wearing leopard print, you know, animal print stuff. But in the 18th century, like men wore leopard print and women really didn't. Yeah. I saw a TikTok recently about how color has gone out of the world, how every, well, especially in America. Yeah. Talking mostly about interior design, but how everything's just kind of become neutral. Which is totally true. I'm, I'm looking around our house yeah, right now. Yeah, <laughs> our, our, our house, now granted, the the previous owner had the entire house painted before we moved in. Yeah. Um, so it doesn't really need anything. But yeah, it's gray. <laughs> it's gray. And I would say, like, this suits my taste. Like, yeah. it looks nice in here, I think. Yeah. Uh, although we did, Caitlin did put up some wallpaper uh, on, a, we have this little divot in the wall and Caitlin put some wallpaper in it. And I would say that that's pretty, pretty flashy over there. I think it looks really nice. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It brings color in, obviously. Yeah. But anyway. Uh, and it suits, it suits my personal inclination to 18th century taste yeah. and style. <laughs> yeah. We need to get you into the 20th, 20th century, 21st century. <laughs> What are you talking about? Uh, I don't know. You know, one of the great perils of of wearing period clothes all the time is that after you work at a place like that for like 20 years... You don't all, have any modern clothes. You don't have any fashionable clothes. Like, I knew a man, God rest his soul, a very nice man by the name of Phil, who uh, he... He was an excellent interpreter, a very good man, and he taught me a lot. But he, his ass would show up to training sessions with, I am not shitting you, stonewashed jeans. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, although yeah. now I guess he'd be in fashion again. Like, yeah, when you have an entire separate wardrobe from your work clothes, it's kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that's a very niche uh, problem to have. Caitlin was, Caitlin was not fussing at me, but she was remarking the other day. She's like, how long have you worn those shorts? <laughs> And I was like, I've been wearing them about two weeks. And she's like, gross. I said, yeah, but I wear them like an hour a day. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no reason for me to wash them after wearing them once. It's true. And I, I'm feeling that pretty hard right now. The whole like old timey fashion, <laughs> unfashionable oh, yeah. clothes, just oh, because I'm yeah. working on a college campus now. And yeah. the kids these days. Um, Damn kids. <laughs> yeah. They they have some interesting fashion choices. Are we turning into the Winfields right now? I think now? we are. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
I have bad news, Robert. What? We're a couple of cunts. <laughs> Just bring out all the all the terrible language. Well, hopefully, hopefully at least we're funny cunts. <laughs> yeah. All right, we gotta we gotta speed this up because we gotta go places after we. Record. Yeah, we're gonna go watch football at a bar. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, as Mr. Burns and Smithers are talking about this, an alarm uh, goes this off. This movie, the alarm goes off. There's a problem in Sector G. Seven G. I'm sorry, Seven G. And um. Mr. Burns says, who's the safety inspector there? And then a, a picture of Homer flashes up on the screen, and Smithers tells him, Homer Simpson, sir. Of course, Mr. Burns does not know who Homer Simpson <laughs> yeah, is. Yeah, he's like, oh, is he a good man? Is he intelligent? And then Smithers says, actually, sir, he was hired under Project Bootstrap. <laughs> and then Mr. Burns goes, thank you, President Ford. I don't know why that's funny, but I sure did laugh at yeah, that. Yeah, I'm guessing it's uh, it's a reference to thank some you, President Ford, Ford. program. <laughs> I guess this was at a time when you could still make uh, Gerald Ford jokes and people would get them because he shows up every so often on The Simpsons. Oh, what? okay. Uh, according to Wikipedia, uh, there's a thing called Operation Bootstrap, but that had to do with um, Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. So, I don't know. Well, either way, um, we uh, we then cut directly into Homer's uh, console Mm-hmm. In, his, in Sector 7G, and yep. Homer is asleep. The alarm is beeping. He wakes up, and he says, uh-oh, noise, bad noise. Up. Oh, uh, and then the announcement says five minutes before critical mass. Yep. And he's like, uh, critical what? Okay, don't panic. Um, whatever this problem is, I sure they, I'm sure they know how to handle it. And then the, the jelly that squirted onto the... Uh, the gauge uh-huh. kind of evaporates and Homer realizes, uh Oh, this is his problem. Yep. We're doomed. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, the doors close with the radioactive symbols yeah. on them. Sector seven G is being isolated. Yeah. And, and, and now cut we're back to Bart. Yeah. We're cut back to Bart. He's on the He's bus. He's talking with- to Otto. Yep. He says that his best friend shafted him. He'll never get over it. And Otto's, Otto's trying, <laughs> Otto's being encouraging in an auto, very auto way. Mm-hmm. He says, you'll get over it. Once my old lady ran off and married my brother, he says it hurt, but here it is a month later and I'm sleeping on their couch. <laughs> so you'll get over it, Bart. <laughs> <laughs> then we cut to Marge who is sitting on the couch watching a s- knitting with her knitting needles in the correct orientation. They sure are. Yep. Oh my God. We're putting that on the, <laughs> putting that on the, <laughs> that was the Instagram. first thing I noticed. So she is watching some type of soap opera. I don't know if it has a name. I know? didn't see it. No, yeah. I didn't see a name. Uh, Cause we cut in, I think in the middle of the scene. And yeah. anyway, here's some more. Uh, I didn't more... know if it showed up later. Or oh, I see. Not so mild sexism going on here. Yeah. This man who is clearly the boss of uh, Margarita is her name. Uh, he, I want you. And she says, Mr. Devereaux, I can't work under these conditions. Have it your way, baby. You're fired. And then they start making out. Yeah. <laughs> so, hmm, fun. And then. The... Uh, there's a good joke here. She goes, oh, Avery. And he says, call me Mr. Devereaux. Yeah. <laughs> so. So all Oh, here it is. We interrupt search for the sun. Oh, there you go. Okay. Hey. Okay. Search for the sun. Um and it, it's a, a a breaking news. Yep. Um we interrupt we inter Oh my god. We, we interrupt search for the sun <laughs> for this special news bulletin and Kent Brockman's sitting there. He's getting his hair done and he you know, he doesn't know he's live and he's he just wants blush. <laughs> yep. And then um he realizes they're on the air, so he he straightens up real quick. Yep. The station has learned there's a serious crisis in progress at the nuclear power plant. Yeah, and of course Marge is very concerned. Yep. Online uh, with us, 
Go Online ahead. with us now is the owner C. Montgomery Burns and a, st- a stock photo with Mr. Burns and an obvious toupee. A, a very bad toupee. <laughs> yes. Comes up. What is it with the rich men and their terrible hair choices? Just going to throw that out there. I don't there. know. Like, Because they have they don't have anybody around to tell them that they look like shit. This is how you know. We've said this on the, on the podcast before, talking about the Raiders owner. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, this is how you know if somebody... It works with a bunch of yes men because somebody, somebody should have said to them, mm-hmm. and somebody should have said to Mr. Burns, "Yeah, that's not that's not a good look." And you know, obviously, Smithers is not going to say that looks like crap. No, it, and that's my exactly my point. It's all the sycophants around them that just encourage this terrible hair. <laughs> I guess. I I come in with the phrase yes men. And Caitlin shows up with a fifty cent word over here. <laughs> sycophant. Oh, sorry. I like your big asset. Oh, thanks. Your brain. Thanks. Uh, anyway, <laughs> I mean your vocabulary. <laughs> so Mar- Marge hears this. She's concerned. Uh-huh. Um, Mr. Burns is on the phone. He's talking to uh, Kent. He says, right now, skilled nuclear technicians. You said nuclear. I'm sorry. Skilled <laughs> nuclear technicians are um, calmly correcting a minor piffling malfunction. Cut back to the, the interior pal- of the plant. Everyone is Everyone's, screaming. Everyone is screaming. No one is staying calm. Yep. And Mr. Burns' voiceover continues. But I can assure you and the public, there's absolutely no danger whatsoever. The rats are literally running They're away. They're running out. Yeah. So things couldn't be more ship shape. Yeah. So at this point, he's changed into a radiation suit, which we learn is actually Smithers' radiation suit. Uh huh. Because Smithers is looking for his. It has um, the yep. one Mr. Burns is wearing has Smithers' names on it. And he's like, I don't know where it is. And Brockman says, Mr. Burns, people are calling this a meltdown. Burns replies, oh, meltdown, that's one of those annoying buzzwords. We prefer to call it an unrequested fission surplus. Yeah, so Marge Marge is kind of like putting it out there. She wants Homer to be okay. Um, And she's, uh, you know, she's... She's basically like just kind of willing Homer to be okay. Yeah. So before we go any farther, have you ever given any serious thought as to what you would do if there was a nuclear emergency? Like there, uh, there is a power plant somewhat close to us. Yeah. We're in the zone. We are in the zone. Yeah. So like if it came over the news right now or the sirens went off, like, have you ever thought about what you would do? No. (laughs) We are I, supposed to put the calendar that they send us every year in our window. Yes. To tell I have to been tell notified. Res, yeah, to tell the rescue workers that we've been notified. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd guess I'd gather up all the animals and you in in the car and just drive west. Yeah, I like I think uh, I, I so like they they show here in a minute there's going to be a chart, right? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like if you're in the center zone of the chart like Good luck. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, I was talking to my father at one point. This was many years ago. And he was like, if they ever were to drop a bomb, uh, you know, I, I hope that I'm the person it hits. Like, what he means by that is like... Uh, yeah, you don't want to have to deal with the aftermath. Yeah, like yeah. the... Uh, the Exactly. The aftermath. That's the correct phrase. Um, is just so awful. And also just impossible to avoid. And if you're, you know, in the like sort of outer skirts, like... Uh, uh, Professor Frank will it will yeah. say it in it in later on in the episode like the <laughs> the long term effects are so awful mm-hmm. like it, it's it's just better I think maybe to just perish yeah you know not have to deal with that but yeah. anyways 
Yeah, it's it's pretty wild. Uh, let's not think about that. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so well, we come back to Homer, and he's like, "Okay, I have to think. I have to think. There's yep. got to be there's a thingy um, that tells you how how this stuff works." And yep. he's like, "Oh yeah, the manual, the manual." And so he get, finds the manual. The manual's really thick, as yes, you would imagine, thick yep. with two C's. And he's uh, he opens it up, starts to reading it. Um, he says. It says, congratulations on your purchase of Fissionator 1952, slow fission reactor. <laughs> and yeah. he's like, oh, get to the point. And so proceed him like trying to figure out how this thing works. Yep, he, and then there's a diagram. So he pulls it out and yeah, opens it. Oh, and what's this? It's crazy complicated. It looks, it is hilariously complicated. Yeah. And he says, oh, who would have thought a nuclear reactor would be so complicated? And then the the voice says 90 seconds to core melt, meltdown kind yep. of over the loudspeaker. Cut to Burns's office. Mm-hmm. Smithers says, sir, there may be another time, another, may never be another time to say, I love you, sir. Uh, Smith, Burns here really seems to acknowledge, I mean, he doesn't seem, he does acknowledge like this as a romantic gesture yeah and which he is, says oh thank you for making my last few moments on earth socially awkward uh-huh so he doesn't really like address that but he you know he kind of chastises smithers because he's like showing his true feelings yeah exactly yeah um and then anyway so uh, this is when i wrote down uh, we cut to the interior of moe's uh-huh. mo and barney are sitting there mm-hmm. and <laughs> mo says it looks, it looks like this is the end that's all right uh, oh, excuse me. Barney says that's all right. I couldn't have led a richer life, and the uh, this is what I wrote down. Like, what do you do during a meltdown? Like, yeah. if you're there, like, I guess if I was sitting at a bar, I would just continue to sit at the bar. Yeah. Like, you gonna run away? Go down with the ship. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> then we cut to the retirement castle. Um, Grandpa Jasper and a random lady. I don't know who she is. Yeah. Um. Anyway, they're, they're watching TV. Grandpa says, I don't like this program. Change the channel. And then um, turns out they change the channel to Wheel of Fortune. Wheel of Fortune, yeah. which makes me ask this question. And I asked this question several times in this episode. What time is it? Yeah, it's what? it's like Bart's supposed to be at school. Yep. Homer Wheel is at work. So now listen, though. This might blow your mind. Uh-huh. In the D.C. metro area, Jeopardy and Wheel of Fortune air at 1030 a.m. Horseshit. Nope. I'm not kidding. Really? Yeah. Yeah. It's like 10 and 10.30 a.m. Oh, well, there you go. That's, yeah. There's the answer, Fishbowl. Happy, happy I, syndication for you. I had yeah. no idea. I, I, our Wheel of Fortune always was 7, seven o'clock. Yeah. It's, still, it's still 7 o'clock here, isn't it? Oh, yeah. 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 It's 7, 7.30. That's but why I wrote when it I, down. When I went to college, so when I went to college, we got both D.C. and Richmond stations. Yeah. And the D.C. stations would air those shows like in the morning. <laughs> Robert's I, mind is blown. I, <laughs> Just I like the nuclear no reactor. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh-huh. I I I I guess my I have been satisfied. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I get what you're saying because like who yeah. Yeah, I'm just blown away. I had no idea. I'm trying to see if this lady has a name. I I would sit and watch Wheel of Fortune and then especially Jeopardy with Great Mama. And it was it was seven o'clock then eight seven thirty then and mm-hmm. just like now, yep. That was, geez, that was like thirty years ago. Okay. I mean, yeah. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's I, I, yeah, it's been the same since I was little too. Well, you are correct when you said ready to have your mind blown because mm-hmm. my mind is blown. Yep. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, 
it's it's probably somewhere between 10 and 11 a.m. I guess so. Yeah. Um. So, but it looks dark in some of these scenes. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. most most tavern looks dark. It does, but yeah. Moe's got the dank. The dank, the dank. I, yeah, okay. <laughs> so uh, um, Anyway, we're back, and Homer is flipping through the manual. I don't understand anything. When they look up stupid in a dictionary, there will be a picture of me, Homer yep. defined. Yep. Yes, and then we get the picture of him in the dictionary. Yep. Uh, and Then we cut back to the Simpsons living room. Marge is praying. She's like down on her hands and knees. Maggie's next to her. She says, dear Lord, if you spare this town from becoming a smoking hole in the ground, I promise to be, I'll try to be a better Christian. I don't know what I can do. Um, And she says, oh, the next time there's a canned food drive, I'll give the poor something that's actually like, they actually like instead of old lima beans and pumpkin mix. Uh (laughs) And, um, it's funny, as she's praying, Maggie's like, oh, I'll pray too, and then she falls over. Yes. I, that, that made me laugh. <laughs> Caitlin laughed out loud while I was writing something down, and uh, actually, I think I was writing down, what time is it? Yeah. <laughs> and um, anyways, uh, she laughed, and I didn't even have to look to see what she laughed at, because I heard the yeah, sound. Yeah, the thunk. The thunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so... Uh, Homer is back at the, we're at back at the plant with Homer. Mm-hmm. The He's, announcer says one minute till core meltdown. Yep, he says, you know, he first he yells at the announcer, "Shut up!" Yeah, <laughs> and then, then Simpson, it's all up to you. It's showtime. Think back to your training, and we get this really great sequence. Yeah, it's like this. Uh, you don't. It's like this unnamed, unseen person telling yep. Homer what to do in the event of a meltdown. Yep, and all he's got to do is push one button. Yep. But you don't see what button the man is pushing. No, Homer is way too busy playing with the Rubik's Cube. Yep. Uh, and he says, yeah, 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 I got it. Push the button. Mm-hmm. Well, he then picks up, we're back in now time, mm-hmm. and he, he then picks up the Rubik's Cube and says, this is all your fault. And you'll notice, uh, I thought this was very funny, a good detail, the Rubik's Cube is still unsolved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, then Homer is like, okay. <laughs> He starts doing childhood rhymes. Yep. One, potato, One potato, two potato. potato. Yeah, and bubble he's gum, like, well, in no, no, dish. wait, yeah. And then he's uh, thirty minute, thirty seconds till core meltdown. Mm-hmm. We cut to Mr. Burns's office. He is now fully kitted up in his radiation suit. Yep. Um, he says, Smithers, I guess there's nothing left to do but kiss my ass goodbye. <laughs> or my sorry ass goodbye. And Smithers is like, may I, sir? And then <laughs> Mr. Burns is like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is where we see Professor Frank. We there cut, it is. Yeah. yeah we yeah, cut yeah. to the news. There's a you know chart on the, a map on the screen. Yep. Pointing at the... Um Pointing at the center, the red, the red dot. These mm-hmm. unfortunate people here will be instantly killed. Mm-hmm. This circle, which I'm sorry to say that we're in, will experience a slower, considerably more painful death. Yeah, Ken Brockman's <laughs> like, oh, good lord. <laughs> so then we cut to the elementary school, and the kids are hiding under their desks. Skinner is also hiding under his desk, but all he's duck like, and cover. Yep, he's on the intercom, and he's saying, "Give me a." Uh, they called me old fashioned for teaching the duck and cover method. Co- uh, fuck the duck and cover method. But who's laughing now? Fifteen seconds to core meltdown. Yep. Then we see Homer doing eeny meeny miny mo. Yep. On the buttons to mm-hmm. see which one he should push, and then he lands on one button and he pushes it, and then the computer says that all systems have returned to normal. Yes. So we get a real like cliffhanger here. You could tell this is where there was a commercial break. Uh-huh. You know, we get the shot like from the POV of the of the button itself, his finger coming in, yeah. and then we open up the scene again, mm-hmm. and that's when we get him. Yeah. yeah. All systems returning to normal. Danger in seven G neutralized. Have, Have a nice, nice day. day. <laughs> yeah. So very much like spaceballs. 
<laughs> We've talked about you know, how your, I don't you know like your favorite Mel Brooks movie, Spaceballs. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> so, uh, you know, Homer's it, it, very relieved, Woo! obviously. Yep. And we cut to a uh, an, a page from the dictionary. So earlier we had the word "stupid" with his image next to it, and now we have the word "lucky", lucky yeah, with his image next to it. Yeah. Um, All so- the. Folks at the plant are cheering. There is some more sexism thrown in. Yeah, here. there's two people come out of a closet, and, and the girl, the lady says, "Will I ever see you again?" And he says, "Sure, baby." At the next meltdown, and then he walks. Yeah, he walks out. Um, then we cut back to the retire. Oh, we see Jeff out. Well, we see comic book guy. He's yep. not named yet. Yep. He's selling T-shirts that you know, I survived the nuclear meltdown. Yep. Um, and then we cut back to the retirement castle. And Grandpa and Jasper, they're still watching Wheel of Fortune. The person on the, the contestant on the show guessed that the... The puzzle. The puzzle is three line, uh, three loins in the fountain instead of three coins in the fountain. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. And they... The, is that a is that a movie or something? Yes, it's it a is. song and a movie. Oh, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Um, there you go. <laughs> yeah. So uh, all the old folk are blissfully unaware of what's going on, essentially. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then... Um, we go back to Kent Brockman. Yep. Mr. Burns is on the phone with him. He says, we've isolated the problem. Well, you know, false alarm. It seems a single wayward crow flew into our warning system. That's that's right. Yep. And it says, um, well, sir, your point about nuclear hysteria is well taken. This reporter promises to be more trusting and less vigilant in the future. Mm -hmm. And Mr. Burns says, excellent. And then hangs up the phone. Well, ta. Yeah. So Mr. Burns, when he picks up the phone, he says, ahoy, ahoy, ahoy. And when he hangs up the phone, he says, ta. Which is funny because British slang is ta is thank you. Oh, is it really? Yeah, ta very much. Oh. Thanks I, very much. I did not know that. Yep. Um, I remember the first time that I was in London and I held the door open for someone and they walked past and said cheers. I was like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> You're like, where's my drink? Yeah, where's the beer? Come on. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, Mr. Burns is back in his office with Smithers there. He says, I can still sell them snake oil. Bring me a wine spritzer and don't be stingy with the vino. Yeah, so Smithers goes over to the bar, starts mixing the drink. Mr. Um, Burns points out that Smithers has underestimated Homer. Uh-huh. And um, he decides that he's going to make Homer the next employee of the month. Yep. And much to Smithers' chagrin, yes. he, uh, the, the, he spills the wine and... Uh, yeah. So then we cut to the cafeteria at Springfield Elementary. Bart comes up to Millhouse, asks him if he wants some salt for he's eating a chicken leg. Yep. Um, and he's like, oh, yeah, sure. And then he we goes, got so much. Isn't it funny? Like, I, I'm just I'm, I'm I, I admire the structure of this episode mm-hmm. because we got so much of this up front. You kind of forget got, about Bart. Yeah. I yeah. wasn't even thinking about it. Yeah. I just looked at the timestamp on this. So like we had all that up front and now we are like almost minute 11 here yeah, before we get any through. more of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So Bart comes over. Yep. And and um, he hands Milhouse the salt shaker and the old joke of loosening the top of the salt shaker. So now yeah, yeah, poor yeah, Milhouse yeah. has salt all over his, his, um, ch- his chicken. Leg. Yep. So he uh, he says, now we're even for your party. Mm-hmm. And he wants to go play with Milhouse. And then Milhouse, this is where it comes out that yeah. Milhouse's mom won't let him be Bart's friend anymore. Yeah, that's why he couldn't come to the party. Yeah. Bart says, what she's got against me? His response is, she says you're a bad influence. And then Bart gets really angry. He's like, bad influence, my butt. 
how many times have I told you never listen to your mother? <laughs> and then Milhouse says that she, his mom threatened, she's not named yet. Um, mm-hmm. She's threatened to cu- cut off his allowance. And then Bart says, well, whatever she's paying you, I'll double it. And, and Milhouse says, apologizes. He says, you know, he's like, I'm sorry, Bart. And, and just kind of walks away. Yeah, well, I'm, it's funny because they don't go anywhere. Like, right. they both seem to just accept. They just kind of sit there. Yeah. yeah, this is the situation here. Yeah. So, anyway. He does, he does not walk away. <laughs> I am corrected. Maybe, like, he, his spirit His, his spirit, spirit walks leaves. away. Yes. There you go. All right. <laughs> you can stay, but I'm leaving. Mm-hmm. So, so, um, all right. So we're back in the plant. Yep. Uh, Smithers is trying to save his, his, uh, monthly status, status of employee of the month. But, mm-hmm. uh, he says, you know, if you'll recall, I'm the one who put a 5% ceiling on the key plan. Key? Keo? I'm not sure. I don't know. Which saved this company. Uh, and Mr. Burns is not having it. Simpson's my man. So then they walk into, they walk into, the uh, employee lunchroom. Uh-huh. Homer is slurping Jello or soup or something. He's he's drinking something out of a bowl. Yes. Yeah. I think the intention here is that he's supposed to be piggish. I don't I know. Don't, it was kind of weird for me. <laughs> I'm not sure what he, exactly yeah. he's doing. Yeah. So then, like Lenny and Carl are like, "Hey, way to save our lives. We owe you one." Uh-huh. And then, um. Homer says, you know, boys, nuclear reactor is a lot like a woman. You just got to read the manual and press the right button. Gross. <laughs> yes, slide, slide that, slide that uh, yeah. <laughs> sexism then, back in there. There's, I'm serious. Like, there's a lot of it in this yeah, episode. there is. Enter <laughs> uh, Mr. Burns. Mr. Burns is now in the break room. He mm-hmm. introduces himself to Homer. He says, please come with me. And everybody's chanting, Homer, Homer. So he, yeah, he, well, he goes with him, and then we cut to the... Uh, like, auditorium. Yeah, the auditorium room, yeah. and that's when they're all chanting his name. Yeah. So we are now in the auditorium, and they are going to reveal his employee of the month status. Yeah, we they, g- they award him... I'm sorry. Go oh, go ahead. Oh, they award him a ham, uh-huh. a plaque, uh-huh. a coupon book, Yep. and... Um, Mr. Burns gives him his own personal thumbs up. And all of those were delivered, of course, by a sexy lady. Yep. <laughs> yep. So there we go. And uh, we, we is, is, I, I, this is Mr. Burns' age, not necessarily his weakness. He can't, he can't give a thumbs up. <laughs> yeah. So I'm an Eagle Scout, y'all. I don't know if we've said that on here before, but I did not get my Eagle Award at 18. I actually was 28 before I got my Eagle Award. Uh, so I, I fulfilled all the requirements. So 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Because you're 38. Wow, yeah, I guess I've officially <laughs> been an eagle for 10 years. Yeah. Anyway, uh, that's just to say that, you know, uh, you have to finish all your requirements by the time you're, you turn 18 to, to get your eagle. But uh, I never just, I just never had my what's called court of honor where they give you the, the mm-hmm. thing. Anyway, my, my old scoutmaster and his wife, they were like, hey, you know, we never had your court of honor. You should come back down here. I was living in Virginia at that time. And, I was, and, uh, and they were like, you should come back down here and we'll do it for you. I was like, great. Well, I had not made the scout symbol uh, with your hand, the three fingers mm-hmm. up uh, in, 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 a, in 10 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I had not done it. And, you know, when you start your court of honor, you have to do this. You have to say the scout oath and the scout law. Mm-hmm. And they were like, all right, well, please say the scout oath and the scout law. And I had no problem remembering it. Stuff like that is forever locked in my brain. Mm-hmm. And I tried to put my fingers up and I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was standing in front of everyone. You what gave a, the shocker instead. What a moment of terror. I was like, I was like, 
Like, they watched me like struggle with my hand for like for me what felt like forever. I'm sure it was like a couple of seconds, but I was like, I can't do it. <laughs> and so like I had to take my left hand and bend my fingers. Oh my god! And then like put them up, and then like even then it was I was I was just like I guess I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> it's like when I try to flip you off, I have to mush my other two fingers down so you can tell. Caitlin's got a hilarious stubby finger. middle finger. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't stand up very well. Okay. <laughs> so anyways, Mr. Burns. One has, of them. Remember. One of them I broke, uh-huh. and when it was broken, I made you pancakes, so shut up. <laughs> oh, I didn't know that we were at the graveyard, someone over here digging up bones. <laughs> oh, sh- <laughs> anyway, uh, so Mr. Burns then says to assure Homer's mortality. Immortality. I'm sorry, his immortality. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all just had a reminder of our mortality. Freudian slip. Uh, to ensure your immortality, your her- heroic visage will be added to our wall of fame. Mm-hmm. And so a curtain opens and there's a million pictures of Smithers and then they're going to hang the picture of Homer on the wall. Yep. It's very clear a very old picture of Homer because it's the, it's the same picture they showed when his file came up. Yeah, earlier. which I am only assuming is the picture that's on his employee ID. Must be. Yep. The picture on my employee ID is hilarious, y'all. It's <laughs> awful. He's got a goatee and a bowl cut. And and they also like it's almost like the Marge T-shirt. Like yeah. it's like spread wide. Yeah. <laughs> Such a bad picture. Almost as hilarious as the picture on Caitlin's. Uh, My Cedar Fair Cedar Pass. Pass. <laughs> I changed it. I know. I wish you hadn't. Uh, anyway. Um. So uh, part of his uh part of his prize package for being this great hero also is a congratulatory phone call from Irvin Magic Johnson. Yeah. So. Are you okay? Yeah, sorry. Homer gets on the phone. He's like, is this really Magic Johnson? And Magic Johnson's like, is this really Homer Simpson? Uh Uh-huh. They have a little conversation. Um, He wanted to call and congratulate Homer on uh, averting that nuclear holocaust. And um, then Homer says, well, Magic, what if people think a guy's a hero, but he was really just lucky? And he responds, don't worry. Sooner or later, people like that are exposed for the frauds they are. Yeah, and then Homer's like, okay, thanks, Magic. (laughs) (laughs) Then we come back to the living room. Again, it looks super dark in the living room. It does look very dark in the living room. Yeah. Yeah, It looks like it's nighttime, but I don't think it's supposed to be. The lights are just out, I guess. I Uh, I don't know. Uh, We see Itchy and Scratchy. Mm -hmm. Um, The, uh, what's it called? My Dinner with Itchy. Yeah, My Dinner with Itchy, not My Dinner with Andre. Uh Uh-huh. And basically... Itchy feeds Scratchy some acid. Mm-hmm. It's it all devolves very quickly. Yep. And um, this is when Lisa realizes that Bart is depressed. I have never, until this moment watching this episode, realized how often they're what they use they use Itchy and Scratchy to uh, to show Bart's mood. Mm-hmm. They very regularly will have Lisa cracking up at it, yeah. and Bart and then will be Bart will just be sitting upset there. about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, Lisa says, "Bart, you're not laughing. Was it too subtle?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he Good. he tells her, "No, he's just depressed." And then he tells her about the whole Millhouse situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Homer comes home. Yes, and Marge greets him at the door. And she goes, Homer, did you go out and buy a 20-pound ham? And then he has all this other stuff with him. Yep. And, we and have the plaque for yeah. heroic competence, for narrowly averting a meltdown and proving without question that nuclear power is completely safe. Employee, Employee of, of the, the month. month. Yep. 
So Marge is super proud of him. And then we get another uh, shot of the of a dictionary. And this time Homer's picture is next to the word fraud. Yes. Yep. So I'm, uh, I love these little dictionary snippets that pop. Yeah. Continuously pop well, up. yeah. It, it just kind of like contributes to the episode in a, well, not subtle way, but like it kind of shows you what Homer's thinking of himself. Yeah. In the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, uh, they, we cut to them in the, in the dining room. They're eating the food and she says, how's your ham? Uh, Marge does, and he responds, it tastes so bitter, it's like ashes in my mouth. Yeah, and then he, and then she's like, hmm, well, it's actually more of a honey glaze. <laughs> Lisa uh, proposes, maybe you ate a clove. <laughs> yeah, and then um, the, he tur- Homer turns his attention to Bart. He says, what's your problem, boy? And this is where Bart reveals that he's had a fight with Millhouse, and... <laughs> Homer doesn't know who Millhouse is. He's like, the the four eyes with the big nose? You don't need friends like that. Yeah, hey, that's Millhouse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Lisa then says, how's Zen here? Yeah. Like, I in watching it, I was like, that's really out of place. Like, I, I, that, I get what they're trying to do. They're uh-huh. trying to show that Lisa is now admiring Homer. Yeah. She actually says a role model in my own home. How convenient yeah. earlier. Yeah. But oh, like, yeah. but... That didn't fit. No, it was, that was kind of weird. <laughs> that was that was that was trying yeah. too hard. <laughs> so then we cut to the living room again. It's very dark. Um, Homer's watching bowling on TV, mm-hmm. and Lisa's laying on the ground, just like looking at him. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah, she says, "I'm looking at you with quiet awe." Well, as long as it's quiet. Yeah. So uh, Bart now tries to call Millhouse on the walkie-talkies. No, no. Milhouse oh, Millhouse to, to Bart. I'm but sorry. what Bart is doing is he's looking at an old photo album yeah. and it's all pictures of him and, and, and Millhouse. Uh, one of them is the image of uh, Bart as a magician sawing Millhouse in half and the next picture is Millhouse with the stitched uh, stitched wound in yeah. the hospital. And then um, there's a picture of them on the beach where Millhouse is completely covered in sand uh-huh. by Bart. Yep. Uh, so he, it's Millhouse to Bart, Millhouse to Bart. Sorry. Um, please don't hate me. And then Bart just throws the walkie-talkie in the trash. Yep. Yep. He's having none of it. Then we are back at the plant. And Homer pulls in to park in his employee of the month spot, which mm-hmm. happens to be right next to Mr. Burns. Mm-hmm. Gets out, dings Mr. Burns' car. Of course. <laughs> and then Smithers drives past him and has to park in the plebeian parking lot. Yeah. The like, Fikes Papuli lot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then um, Mr. Burns calls Homer to his office. He yeah. Says, there's something. There's someone I want you to meet. Aristotle mm-hmm. Amitopoulos. Yeah. Um, the owner of the Shelbyville nuclear power, nuclear power plant. Um, and then he says, it seems Ari's been having trouble with, uh, terrible trouble. Fuck. Are you okay? <laughs> he, yes. He's been having terrible problems with his workers at Shelbyville. Uh-huh. Um, they've lost their zest for work. You must help them find their, uh, oh, he says something in Greek. Okay. Something in Greek. He's have to, essentially, I think you must help them find their chutzpah, their, yeah. their desire to work. Yeah. Their- it's a naharatu something. Um, and they want him, Homer, they want Homer to give the Shelbyville workers a pep talk. Yes. So turn them from, uh, turn them from donut-eating goof-offs to a pack of Homer Simpsons. Yeah. And, and Homer is like, oh, no, no. I can't I can't tell them anything. Mm-hmm. Everybody thinks he's being modest. Jum- yeah. Burns jumps in here. To cut the false modesty. It's getting tiresome. Yeah. 
if he says besides it's your duty you, um you have employee of the month he says employee of the month isn't all ham and plaques that's right <laughs> so yeah smithers at this point is is upset well smithers comes in he's late because he had to park so far away right right and uh he, he, he comes in and says, uh, Mr. Burns says, how kind of you to pay us a visit. He responds, I couldn't help it, sir. The parking here is terrible. And Ari and Mr. Burns are just absolutely put off by this. And Ari says, this man has no love for his power plant. Yeah. <laughs> so Burns kicks him out. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to the insert interior of the Simpsons living room. Bart and Maggie are playing Monopoly. Mm-hmm. And uh, then... Um, have I told you about playing Monopoly with my older brother? Ever tell you about that? <laughs> Probably. Uh, I know playing Monopoly with you is not fun. <laughs> I know that much. Uh, well, Caitlin is not the only competitive person at the table. Uh, but that being said, when my older brother and I were little, when we used to play Monopoly, all money went into the center pot. Oh and yeah. If you hit free parking, yeah. then you got all. I mean, all money. So you bought a a property into the pot. Oh, you okay. bought a house into the pot, okay. right? Like so, the, paying rent. Pay uh, no, no. Well, rent went to the person. Okay, but all money that was not paid directly to somebody else. Okay, went to the pot. Went to the pot. Gotcha. And that uh, that meant that if you landed on free parking, that there was a high probability that you were getting a lottery's worth of money, mm-hmm. like. And I remember he hit free parking at one point. I got so mad. I literally flipped the board over and quit. Nice. (laughs) Well, Bart lands on community chest. He starts going through the cards. He doesn't, you know, he's like, nah, Uh nah. Um, And then he won second prize in a beauty contest, collect $10. Did you know it was $10? I didn't know, but I remember the beauty contest card. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure that I remember all the numbers of the community chest and chance cards. Like, wow. Like, if you tell me what it is, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can tell you how much money is going to be exchanged in that's, that. That's a lot. We that's, used to play Monopoly a lot. That's intense. Yeah. <laughs> and it all went in the middle of pots. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> Although with those, I think that's the more standard version, right? If you... Uh, if you something from community chest or chance that you have yeah. to pay, that goes into the yeah. center pot for most people. Yeah, I I played it that way. I didn't play it with like buying a property goes in the middle, mm-hmm. but just like any like penalties you had to pay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Luxury tax, mm-hmm. seventy five dollars, mm-hmm. <laughs> etc. Uh, anyways, so they're playing, and you know this game is too young for Maggie. Uh, Maggie pulls her pacifier out at one point and spits out. Uh, spits out a house or a hotel. Yeah, uh, Marge goes, Bart, don't feed your sister hotels. And then he goes, don't worry, Mom, there's tons of these things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the game is too old for her, Marge says. Yeah. Why don't you go play with Millhouse? And this is, uh, the well, Marge was at dinner, so she already knows that there's an issue with Millhouse. Well, she knows there's an issue, but she doesn't know what the issue is. Right. And so then... Yeah, she just knows that he and Millhouse have had a fight. Yeah, this is where he reveals, you know, she says, uh, you still haven't made up with him? And he says, it's his, it's his mom. She says, I'm a bad influence. Yeah, so then he just tells Maggie, he's like, come on, Maggie, let's go throw rocks at Hornet Nest. Yeah. So then uh, Marge rings the doorbell and she refers to Luann as Mrs. Van Houten. Yeah. So the implication here is that they are not they're friendly. They're not friends. Yeah. I no, mean, they, it's I, not they're not friendly. They're not friends. Do we, yeah. we don't even learn that her name is Luann in this episode. Mm-mm. No, we I don't think so. We just know it's Mrs. Van Houten. Yeah. Um, so uh, she rings the doorbell, Mrs. Van Houten. I'm Bart's mother. We met in the emergency room when the boys drank paint. Yes. <laughs> so further solidifying 
Bart's, Bart's negative influence, influence yes. on Milhouse. And she says, I remember come in and they're sitting having tea and uh, Luann says, Marge, I'm sorry, but I think it would be better if Milhouse didn't see your son. And she says, look, I know Bart can be a handful, but I also know what he's like on the inside. He's got a spark. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's not a bad thing. Of course, it makes him do bad things. Well, uh, Luann then says, well, the other day, Milhouse told me my, le- my meatloaf sucks. He must have gotten that from your little boy because they certainly don't say that word on TV. Hilarious. Yeah. Little meta joke yes, there Yes, very for good you. joke. Yeah, uh, and then Marge says, I can't uh, defend everything he does, but let's face it. All Bart and Milhouse have is each other. They're too young for girls, and they're a popular target for bullies. Correct, Mark. Mark? Marge? Marge. <laughs> And, and then, in, in the Christmas pageant, they're always sheep. Yeah. And yep. She essentially turns to pleading here. Please, please, let them be friends. Yeah, and by the time she leaves... And then we, well, we get this great image of her looking out the window. This is a classic oh, image yes. in my mind <laughs> of Milhouse trying to seesaw by himself. Yeah, and it's not working out well for Have him. Have I told you about the time I got launched off the seesaw? No. <laughs> Uh, I was during a scout event. Was actually. it your brother? We were at a park. No, it wasn't. Uh, we were at a park, and I had a friend. I had two friends, uh, Paul and Chris. And you've never met them. Uh-uh. Uh, I haven't. I actually haven't spoken with them in a long, I don't long time. I don't even think I I knew of their their existence. Yeah. So, anyways, Paul and Chris were. We were at a park, and this park had some old time seesaws. So these were not made of wood, and they were not low to the ground. I think that the seesaw went up like almost six feet in the wow. air when it was at the top. Uh huh. And so we were bouncing up and down, like, you know, doing a seesaw thing. And they decided that they were both going to jump on the seesaw with me on it. So I, mean, I thought that was a great idea, apparently. Uh-huh. So they pulled it down far enough so that they could jump both of them on it. They put all their weight on it, and it launched me up, and I flew off the oh my seesaw. God. <laughs> and I must have flown, like, you know, at least, like, eight feet or so in the air. It is then... a miracle to me <laughs> that you've never broken a bone. <laughs> what can I say? There's plenty of padding over here, so... <laughs> Um, I uh, broke a bone and then I made you pancakes after. Oh, (laughs) I'm digging up bones. (laughs) Yeah, broken ones. Exhuming things is better left alone. Okay. You know that song? No. When I was little, I heard that song at like two in the morning on the radio and it scared me. It's a song about a man remembering his his lost romance. Right. But you thought he was actually digging up bones. (laughs) Wow. Okay. Taking things literally I, as a kid. That's right. So Not that I ever did that. Nope. Uh, anyways, uh, Marge has made her case, and it looks like it looks like Luann might yield here. Yeah, she says she tells Marge she'll think about it. Yep. So then uh, we cut to the interior of Moe's, and uh, Homer is you know really just down. He he's he feels like a fraud, and he. This is such a strange situation for Homer. Like, he didn't do anything wrong here. Right. And he not, just, he literally got lucky. Yeah. And yeah. he's actively not, he's not, he's not, he's, he's not actively doing anything wrong now. Like, right. what do you do in that situation? Right. Do you tell people that you suck? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. Yeah. So, so I really identify with Homer here. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, Lisa's with him at the bar assuming I'm assuming that it's because she's now admiring Homer yeah she says I'm profiling my dad for the school paper oh that's right I thought I'd follow him around for a day see what makes him tick well here you are dear yeah (laughs) so um he's Barney's telling her that he goes the next time somebody tells you that carny folks are good honest people you can spit in their faces for me and she says I will Mr. Gumble and then and that's when we learn that she's profiling Homer for the paper yeah so anyways uh, essentially, uh, 
Mo, there's a gag where Mo brings over a beer and chocolate milk and accidentally gives the chocolate milk to Homer and the beer to Lisa. Yeah. Eh. But uh, then, you know, uh, Mo says, you know, what's the matter, Homer? The, dep- the depressing effects of alcohol don't usually kick in until closing time. Yeah, and, and then Lisa chimes in. She tells Mo that he's nervous because he's got to give a speech tomorrow on how to keep cool in a crisis. <laughs> yes, and Homer says, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Yeah, uh, and then Barney says he had to give a speech once, but he was pretty nervous, so he used a little trick. He pictured everyone in their underwear, and then he says, the judge, <laughs> the jury, my lawyer, everybody. Did it work? I'm a free man, ain't I? Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, have you ever tried that trick? To picture everyone in their underwear? No, I, tr- I, I don't think I have. I tried it. I remember would be when I was young, I guess I had to give a speech or something, and I tried to picture everybody uh, in their underwear, and I was just like, this doesn't uh, work. That's weird. <laughs> I think it may have actually been for my first school play, oh. which was Cinderella. We all know that I try to avoid any and all public speaking at all costs. <laughs> So, okay. Yeah. So then we cut back to the Simpsons house. Millhouse is calling Bart on the radio or on the walkie talkie. Yep. He asks him if he wants, he asks him if he wants to come over and play. And, uh, Bart is excited. He's like, Oh, we can be friends again. Did your mom die? <laughs> and, uh, Millhouse is like, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. And then, um, uh, Bart, Bart, yeah. Bart says to Maggie, "Okay, Maggie, game's over." And and they were playing chess. Yes. And Maggie was just sucking on one of the pieces. Yes, she had the king in her, a king in her mouth. Yeah. So Bart goes downstairs. He says, "Hey, mom, I'm friends with Millhouse again." Oh, he's still up in the room. Oh, is he? Yeah, you can see the, his little window in his bed. Oh, sorry. Marge walks by. Yeah. I thought he was headed out the door. I don't really remember. <laughs> What? What day is this? Okay, so Bart is excited he's going to go play with Milhouse. Yeah. And then uh, Marge says, well, I knew his mother would come to her senses. Mm-hmm. And Bart has a heartfelt moment here. Yeah. He looks at Marge and he says, thanks for sticking up for me. Mm-hmm. And she goes, what makes you think I did it? And Bart very practically says, who else would? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then. So um, they hug. Yeah, Marge tells him to be good. He will. And he reaches under his bed and he gets he out a BB gun. Immediately pulls out. I thought it was going to be a little bastard uh, a tampering kit or something oh, along those lines. No, but no. It's nope, a dead it was, eye BB gun. That's right. And so he... Um, he's gone. He's gone. He goes to Millhouse's house. Yep. And so then uh, we are at the Shelbyville Nuclear Facility. And Ari, uh, the owner, is giving uh, a keynote address, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. He says, I'm filled with, uh, as I look out in the sea of smiling faces, I'm filled with a sense of loathing and revulsion. You are not workers. You are a pack of mangy, cud-chewing, ugly goats. Well, you're in for a treat. We have with us today a real man. Behold the glory that is Homer Simpson. Mm-hmm. Everybody... You know, gets excited. Homer goes up to the podium. He's extra nervous. Yep. He starts, ladies and gentlemen, and then he hears Barney in his head saying, just picture them in their underwear. And Homer sees everybody in their underwear. Yep. He's he's kind of relieved. And then he continues his speech. Um, and then as he's continuing the speech, the loudspeaker comes on and says three minutes to nuclear or to meltdown. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we have a parallel situation here. Mm-hmm. Oh, dear. And we then cut immediately into the console at the Shelbyville plant, mm-hmm. and they are all looking at Homer to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. And they say, "He says they say just do what you did before." And he goes, "All right, all right." And so he does the eeny meeny miny mo, and he lands on the correct button again. Yep. Crisis has been averted. Everything is super. Uh, 
Ari thanks him for saving his plant with his idiotic rhyming. Yep, he turns on him right there. Thank you for saving my plant. Yeah. With that idiotic rhyming. Yeah, and he's like, do you even know what button you pushed? And Homer's like, yeah, sure, sure. Mo. Mo. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. <laughs> um, and then we cut to Kent Brockman. We cut to Kent, and I think this is the first time we see the segment, My Two Cents. Oh, I didn't know it was a regular thing. Yeah, it's a recurring segment. So I think this is the first time we see My Two Cents. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Kent says, is Homer a hero? The answer is no. And uh, then they cut over to Scott Christian, who I guess I never realized is so regular on this show. I didn't either. Yeah, because like we see Scott Christian before we see Kent Brockman. Yeah. Yeah. So Um, Scott Scott Christian has a, a segment called Laugh and a Half. Yep. And it turns out that Chief Wiggum, a foiled uh snake or at this point i think he's called jailbird still mm. um f- robbing a bank uh just by accident because he was he just happened to be there counting pennies yep Th- i think this is the first time we really see how incompetent wiggum is i yeah because i mean like last week we saw some instance of it we like we started to get a, a clearer yeah. picture of his but this is like just like the growth <laughs> The he's gross just, negligence. Yeah, yes. There's a lot of gross negligence in this episode. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's counting his pennies and yep. then he accidentally hits Snake in the head with a penny jar. Yeah, Snake falls backwards and, yeah, and it rolls off and smacks, smashes on his yeah, head. Yeah, and then um, he says at the end, he says, yeah, it seems like the chief pulled a Homer Simpson of his own. Yep, and they're laughing. And then we get this little uh, montage sequence. Uh-huh. Barney falls off a stool, sees a pretzel and says, oh, looks like I pulled a Homer. Uh-huh. Magic Johnson uh, slips. Uh, the ball flies out of his hands. It hits a referee on the head and then goes in the basket and he slides into a pile of sexy ladies. One more mm-hmm. uh, objectification for the episode. Yeah. And um, he says, it looks like I pulled a homer. It's a three point in the Lakers win. Yep. And then um, there's a uh, finally at the end. It is the final definition. Yeah. The final we- definition we see is Homer. Um, the, the word in the dictionary is Homer. Mm-hmm. Definition number one, American bonehead. Uh, number two, pull a Homer to succeed despite idiocy. And so and now then, we have Homer defined. Yep. Cut to credits. That's the end. Yeah. Uh, so I said this earlier, but I'll say it again. I thought this was a very good episode. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think like the structure just, it's more nuanced than a lot of the other episodes we've watched so far, especially so far in this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. Um, I, I mean, uh, I, there were several laugh out loud moments for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've noted the, uh, I've noted the objectification and sexism, uh, a couple of times, but mm-hmm. I think all of it was more or less mild. Yeah. Uh, it was, it was there and it wasn't enough. Like some, like, like last week with the, uh, with the, uh, the, Indians, the the Aztec, the, the quote unquote Aztec, yeah. yeah, like not great. That was off putting to this, me. This, this was, was, I mean, it wasn't like straight up misogyny. It was just kind of like, mm. yeah. And everybody who is doing it in the time frame is being portrayed in a negative light when it's happening. Yeah. So, except for Magic Johnson. Oh, that's true. Yeah, he's, be- he's <laughs> he being just, celebrated. He just slides into <laughs> yeah, slides into a pile of yeah. sexy ladies. <laughs> yeah, so I thought this was a good episode too. Um, I, I really liked the scene between Marge and Bart. Yep. Um, you know, just kind of like I feel like that's really one of the first heartfelt moments we've seen between the two of them. Yep. Even though it wasn't like a major part of the episode, uh, and 
I liked I liked Homer's self-awareness in this episode too. Yes. Because I feel like you don't get that always. Um like uh when Flanders fails, he's not really self-aware. Yeah. He's just being a jerk. He's he's only aware enough to realize that he should not wish for Flanders to die. Yeah, right? and like and here he's like, "Oh no, like this is this is not who I am." People he's, are, yeah. He's showing like real restraint here, right? Yeah. And he's, he has his own quandary, his own philosophic quandary here. Like, right. Is, what is, does he do? Because people are thinking of him one way when he knows he is not, he's not worthy of it. He is not as, yeah. yeah. He's not, he, he doesn't deserve as he's the being accolade. perceived. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's absolutely the case here. Mm-hmm. And um, I appreciate that depth in his character. It I, makes me like him. Yeah. And it also kind of, the this episode shows, well, first of all, we meet Luann, which yeah, is good. Yeah, yeah. Um, that That's not what I was actually going to say, but like, that's, oh, okay. that's a big, <laughs> that's a big thing. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Smithers relationship with Homer and kind of being a little bit adversarial, uh, because Mr. Whenever Burns ho- is turning his attention yes, whenever, to Homer. Whenever Homer starts to eclipse Smithers, or Smithers perceives him being eclipsed yeah. by Homer, that's when he turns into the guard dog, right? Right. He, he's, he's, he's self-interested. And we've seen that before, but Smithers was like a real turd about that. Yeah. Don't ask me which episode, but I know we've seen it before. Yeah, it was um, uh, uh, um, Simpson and Delilah. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. But like this is way Ooh, more me, I'm proud of myself. Good job. <laughs> uh this is way way more nuanced than that was. Certainly. Yeah. Yes. And Smithers remains likable even though mm-hmm. he is uh he is not happy. And about this what's is happening. really the first time too that we see him like reveal his feelings for Mr. Burns. And, yes. Whether they are really legitimate or not. Do it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Whether they are legitimate <laughs> or not, like you get that like is he gay for a mole man? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. As yeah. will be as will be asked in the 138th episode spectacular. Uh, what's the deal with Smithers? You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah. So it's kind of like the first overt instance of him yeah. loving Mr. Burns. Yeah. And by overt, I mean he flat out says it. I wonder. Because this is not an episode we watch over and over again. But no. I mean, having watched it. I feel like I could watch it again and be very mm-hmm. happy to watch it again. Mm-hmm. I wonder, because I laughed a lot in this episode, mm-hmm. if this is a banger. <sighs> we'll get back to you about that. Because Well, you know what next week's episode is. I do. I do. That's why I'm asking. Yeah. So next week is Like Father, Like Clown. We're going to meet the rabbi, Hyman, Hersh- Hyman, Hersh- Hersh- oh, Hyman Christophsky. Hyman Herschel is crusty. Herschel is crusty. Yeah. Herschel was also our uh, sourdough starter uh, for a while. Yes, I R- named him. R.I.P. R- R- Herschel. <laughs> I named him Herschel because I wanted the bread to be crusty. <laughs> no, you you originally named it Misty because it was musty. That's right. And then I said, no, it's crusty. Let's name it Herschel. Oh, really? Was that you? Yeah. Oh, I took credit for that in my own mind. <laughs> Rude. What else is new? Oh, well. Um, anyway, so... We know that that's coming next week, and that's a nice episode, and mm-hmm. that's got a really like touching I don't, ending. I think I've seen it maybe once. Really? Maybe once. Oh, man. It's got a touching ending. Uh-oh. Am I going to cry? I might cry. Oh, boy. Oh, okay. my papa. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, so, that being said, if 
we watch this again, and we'll have a better, we'll watch it some other time this week, and we'll we'll fill in, you know, with the episode next week. Um, but I wonder if this could be a banger. I liked it a lot. I will say yeah. that, and I um, would watch it again. I'd... So just to, to to give you a little bit of context, what's coming up? We uh-huh. have like Father Like Clown next week. Then we have Treehouse of Horror too. Ooh, Lisa's Pony. Okay. Saturdays of Thunder. That's I like that episode. Flaming Moe's. Oh yeah. Oh man. Burns Verkoff and Dirk Croft work. Oh yeah, that's the which, uh, that's, uh, that's the Land of Chocolate episode, isn't it? Um, Ben, who said our listener Ben, hi Ben. Um, that Flaming Moe's and Burns blah, 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 are his two back-to-back bangers. Ah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. Thanks, so, Ben. Yeah, that was a while ago. But yeah, that was a while ago, but I remember. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. So, Ooh. yeah, I've, Ooh. Definitely, I've definitely seen Flaming Moe's, but not a lot. Can you see my oh, nipples? My Look, my nipples are hard. <laughs> oh, I got goosebumps. Uh, I did too, actually. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> yeah. We're getting there. Yeah, we're, we're getting, getting there. there. Yeah, uh, and then after after that is I married Marge. Fuck yes. Yeah. So oh man, we've got some good stuff coming up. Leo, Leo's on the table. Leo, we are we are <laughs> we're marching. getting there. We are marching hard. Yeah. Happy birthday. Um, it's not not my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> it's your birthday. Oh, oh boy. No. Oh boy. So um, good stuff coming up, and then uh, the season finale is Brother, Can You Spare Two Dimes? Man. And then we're in season four. Wait a minute. What? No. So I mean, this I, way well, ahead. There, okay. I was, like, yeah. I was like, I was like, wait well, a minute. Oh, don't worry. There's a lot in between. <laughs> I thought we were going to do like, get to the end of the, no. the, end of the year. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. The end of the year. That's yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh boy. Oh boy. Man. Yep. What a, there, you know, there's just so much to be thankful for in life. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Fantasy football. Yeah, we have football. Football's getting The started. local bar. We're going over. Yeah, we're going to get a good sandwich at lunch. Yeah, I got to take a shower. So. Caitlin needs to take a shower. Yeah. Uh, and it's just, oh. Speaking of crusty. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. Ew, Caitlin, she crusty. Uh. <laughs> All right, y'all. Well, I think that'll pretty much wrap it up for us here. What a good episode this was. What a lot of fun it was to sit here and chit-chat, uh, not only with... Uh, with my darling, beautiful wife, whom I love more than anyone on this whole earth. Uh. Oh, God. <laughs> Look at her, everybody. Oh, she's so sweet. And just a gem. That's right. Crusty ass. <laughs> <laughs> Rude. Uh, but also, you know, it's just a lot of, uh, you know, I've said this before, but, you know, I feel like with some of the podcasts I listen to, they're just niche things that I enjoy, like classics and that kind of thing. And it's nice to be able to sit and it feels like I'm having a conversation with people who are interested in doing the same sort of thing that I'm doing. So I hope that we can be like that for you. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, man, go ahead and hit that uh, subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And hey, go ahead and leave us a rating on that platform, the highest rating, please. Thank you. Uh, and make sure, of course, that you're following us on our social media. We are at Escalator to Nowhere Pod on Facebook and Instagram, and Esk, that's E S C, to Nowhere Pod on Twitter. And you can also send us an email if you'd like. We would love to hear from you. Uh, go ahead and let us know. Do you think this is a banger? Drop that on our Facebook page or in the uh, group, the Escalator to Nowhere Facebook group. Mm-hmm. We would love to hear it. And if you want to send us an email again, you can do that at escalator to nowhere pod at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yep. I am jazzed. Oh, boy. I feel Here he good. goes. Let's go yell at the TV oh, for the next boy. eight hours. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to stay at the bar for eight hours. No, we're not, we're, we ain't get that kind of money. That'd be too much. Um, <laughs> All, All right. right. Yeah, I feel good. I hope okay. you feel good. Good. Uh, you look great. You just look great. 
Thank you. <laughs> All right, y'all. We, uh, we're having a good time. We're looking forward to next week with Like Father, Like Clown. And until then, I'm Robert. I'm Caitlin. I'm a Season Simpsons fan. I am Learning. And we are looking forward to spending more time with you. Again, hit that subscribe button. And until we meet again, smell you later. Bye. Clap on your wiener. Mm, no, no. Clap on your wiener. Clap on your chunch. Whoa. Clap on your wiener. Whoa. Clap on your chunch. Stop. What? That's weird. <laughs>